0: Okay, it's uh, good to hear some of your testimonies. It just caught just a little bit of that in the, in the, in the back. But I did get a little report from uh, Brother Brian. He said, these are his words. Um, he said, this is the best training ever. Uh, of course, we always say that every year. Uh, so that, that must be true. And he, among other things, he especially um, impressed upon me that it is the the gospel aspect that is most outstanding, maybe most prominent, and I can surely tell that from your testimony. And that is a wonderful thing. Now, uh, today I would like to uh, say a few things, and, and before I end, I would probably lapse into my kind of standard sermon here, uh, but uh, let me say this first, um, now that many of you have begun to have some taste uh, of the gospel, speaking to strangers, whatnot, this week, I must tell you that uh, this is not the best place for you, <coughs> you know what is best place? Your campus, yes. Yes. all right? This is good, and this is necessary. Sometimes we do need to be thrown into a totally foreign environment, a totally new situation. Like, you know, we have a hundred saints that just uh, went this week to Brazil and other Spanish-speaking countries in South America. They've never been there. They're going to meet many strangers, uh, even saints they've never met. And, uh, uh, and, of course, people they never met in a totally different culture. Uh, I, I, will, I will guarantee you uh, they, will have, they will have a grand time. They will have, have a fabulous time of preaching. Um, and that is surely one part of our work. That is to be sent, to be thrust, as it were, into different parts of the Lord's harvest all over this globe. In fact, I hope that many of you uh, uh, have made the resolution to go to the full-time training and graduate from the full-time training, and as the Lord lead, may serve the Lord in various places that you may be sent to. This is, this is wonderful. But in the meantime, in your four years, three years, two years, one year, um, in your college campus, I must say that uh, that is that is where the Lord has thrusted you out now, not Sac State, unless you're a student in Sac State. Where you are, I don't care where you are. You know, it may be a dinky little old JC, or it may be top-notch university. It does not matter. You know, I I, I gone past that a long time ago when we started in OCC, uh, many, many years ago, and... Um, I had a little hard time at that time because I was asked to go to OCC. And whereas other people went to other bigger universities, I was somewhat uh, disappointed that I'm ending up in a JC. But in the end, in the end, we gained a lot of young people. And the people we gained is no, no worse than the people we gained from the big universities. So we must not have this kind of natural view or evaluation about, number one, places, and number two, about people. The sister who said, you know, where is that perfect specimen, you know, that perfect gospel candidate? Well, he's not around. In fact, he does not exist. So, wherever we are and whoever the Lord plays you with, now, what do I mean by that? I specifically mean your classmates. I specifically means people that you cross paths with every day. I don't mean just people, just strangers on campus. Sure, that too, but I specifically refer to people you know. Now that may be somewhat counterintuitive, because we think people that we're with, they 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 see through me. You know, they know all my all my problems that I don't have a perfect Christian testimony, uh, how would they believe? I better go to some strangers who know nothing about me than whatever I say, they they, they won't doubt. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Um, I'll tell you, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, um, our gospel preaching or the top gospel preaching uh, is fruit-bearing. Is fruit bearing. That means there is one side of going, getting someone saved, and perhaps even uh, some minutes later putting them in a bathtub. Such things happen in in a very glorious way. But I must tell you uh, that if that is something you're looking for all the time, you may be disappointed. Now, this week is very special. We, we, We want to baptize, we want to immerse you, uh, so to speak, you know, uh, uh, in, into this gospel spirit. So we don't care. Just go speak. Go speak until the kingdom of the Lord comes down, right? <laughs> just open your mouth. Speak. Th- that's necessary because you never spoke. You see, you've got to pry open your mouth and and begin to let it out And and, and, and that's all necessary and you need more of this. But when you get back to your campuses, you must, you must start to be burdened besides strangers, the people that you're with. Because that's your Jerusalem. That's where the Lord placed you. And I'll tell you, it is not true that your friends cannot be saved. It is not true. Now, let me say something here. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a few steps back. The I hope from now on, generation after generation of college students going into, in, into college would all be filled, like yourself, with a gospel spirit, right? To be absolutely burning on fire with the gospel. This, I, I hope so, more and more. All right. That means to have your feet shot with the gospel of peace as we said in this last training, to be ready. You know, It says, in season, out of season, be ready to preach the word. Um, in fact, by the way, I would like to say this. I don't know, you, you must have some experience. When you really speak for the Lord in this kind of situation, it says, don't worry about what you're going to say when you are persecuted and led before kings and so on, because when the time comes, the words will be given to you. This absolutely happens. absolutely happens. I mean, you will get some kind of super wisdom. That is from the Spirit. When you testify the Lord, when you proclaim the gospel on his behalf, when you uh, confess his name, the Lord honors that, And come to you as the spirit, as the inner anointing, to give you special words. Very special words that you even never thought about would come to you. The Lord, I tell you, the Bible is true. And the Lord's promises are real. Until you are thrust into such difficult, challenging situation, a lot of times we don't experience a lot of the promises of God. The promises of God are... Reserve, reserve for the faithful. They're not reserved for the cowards. They're not reserved for the faithless. They're not reserved for people who always remain in their comfort zone. If you are there, I tell you, you will not experience a lot of the gospel, a lot of the biblical promises from God. But when you... Somehow, when you step out of that zone, when you start to challenge yourself by speaking the Lord and preaching the gospel and testifying of him, which caused a losing of your face, which caused a kind of um, uh, dying to your old man, it, which caused, you know, embarrassing yourself and all of this, I tell you, somehow, the... The operation of those promises just kicks in. I have too much experience of this, uh, including sometimes when I have to speak publicly or preach publicly. And these brothers and sisters who are in Brazil now, trust me, they're going to experience this. Night after night, they're going to have to share and speak. These are just one-year training, two-year training. And let me tell you, they would discover they have stuff in them they never knew of. And they'll discover something, listen to me, something called the economical aspect of the spirit. Brothers and sisters, I'm of concern that many of us may know the essential spirit. And this week on Galatians, a lot is on the essential spirit, especially the morning line. But there is another side of the spirit that is very, very important And uh, uh, in our experience which if you don't have, you are really, really missing half of your spiritual diet. And that is the economical spirit of power poured on you that gives you the authority, the bonus, the power to do something, speak something for the Lord, even for, for people to obey the gospel and follow the Lord. These things happen. Now, a more, a particular form of this in the Bible includes the casting out of demons. You know that? And the casting out of evil spirits. And even certain miracles, including the healing of the sick. Don't think these are just Pentecostal stuff. These are things that recovery don't believe in. You are wrong. You are wrong. This is in the Bible. This is part of the biblical promises. Now, in this country, in the Western world, we don't have as much of this very overt, very uh, outward, very physical kind of demon possession, uh, evil spirits, and all these kind of things. But in many cultures where there are uh, 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 idolatry, right, and things like this, for example, in the Far East and in... In in, in different places like that, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, um, when you go and preach the gospel, you better get ready to cast out demons. You say, oh, 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 I I just got saved. I I, I haven't even read through the Bible. You don't need to read through the Bible to cast out demons. You just need the spirit of God. You just need the power and the authority of the Lord. Even as a young one, you can, what? Cast out demons. Now, uh, um, and in this, and, and even even some kind of healing. Now, I'm not talking about this funny, um, um, fake, you know what I mean. You know, today, some people on the, on the TV is uh, giving away uh, miracle bread. It's not even miracle handkerchief. Now it's miracle bread so you buy you you give them some money and they send you this piece of bread and you you eat this bread and then then you're healed or something like that it's happening uh, in US can you believe it i mean i mean this 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 so advanced country people are so incredibly superstitious it happens now in this country we don't have as many of these outward physical idols there you know so we don't have as much of demon possession and those kind of things as in cultures where these kind of physical idolatry is prevalent. But I, let me tell you, that doesn't mean there's no idols in this country. There's a lot of idols here. And these are not physical idols, these are spiritual idols. Right? And these idols have a way to what? To to um, uh, 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 control, to enslave, and to gain your worship, you see, Um, uh, uh, various kinds of philosophies, okay, all kinds of these crazy philosophies, especially on college campuses, all these kind of, uh, some sisters say, isms, all these isms, everyone is an idol, you know, I'm now lapsing into my my standard sermon, I don't know how many isms I, I have talked about. All these things that are popular in school, um, uh, let's try, right? Let's try. I'm trying to think about it, right? Um, Someone have to help me. Um, Humanism. Humanism. Where they say man is the center instead of God. That the world revolves around man and not God, right? Humanism. Humanism. from the Age of Enlightenment and all of that, all this Western philosophy. Um, uh, Darwinism, Darwinism, right? Evolution, all these things, supposedly denying the existence of God. Actually, it doesn't deny it. it. It's a very, very lame attempt. It doesn't work. But people believe it, Darwinism, and people teach it all over, all over the place. What else? Huh? Existentialism. Very good. Right? Um, Feminism. Feminism. All right? All these isms are gods. Gods to the Western people, especially the quote unquote enlightened kind, the intellectual kind. And you're supposed to be intellectual in a university, and that's what your professors every day teach you about. Teach you about. Right? You don't even know it. That's what is getting into you. I, I always tell the story that I think in Harvard or in some university, the first day in a the class, the, the professor says, how many are believers of God? So many people raise their hands. He said, good. He said, this course has a purpose that at the end of this semester, there will be no hands raised, raised up anymore. Do you follow me? This course is to make you all unbelievers. It's, it's, it's explicit. Explicit. And listen, at least I know of one brother from among us who went to these higher schools of higher learning and came out unbelieving. Now, actually, you cannot do that. But do you know what I mean? Convinced that there is no God. Because of this kind of infusion, Infusion of atheism. That's actually the first word I was looking for. Atheism. Atheism. Godlessness. The theory of no God. I tell you, we, 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 we are in a warfare. Okay? All these isms that have become gods and replacement of God, that one true triune God, is what is gaining the worship of young people today. Actually, they don't even know what they're believing in. It's just a bunch of philosophers. What other isms are there? A lot of things, right? Amoralism. You know amoralism? That means there's no such thing as morals. That, that's what uh, 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 Andrew, used message, talk about. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you like. There's no God. There's no right and wrong. There's no black and white. There's no such thing called sin. It's all relative. But when you believe that, you turn into an animal. Because animals don't believe in God. In fact, it has no ability. Man has something in him to worship a higher being. Animals don't. Because they don't have a spirit. I tell you, all this kind of thing, without saying, is to dumb you down is to degrade you. Is to make, turn you into a beast. Where there's no God. Think about it. No God. There's no authority in this universe. There's no right from wrong. There's nothing called morality or immorality. There's no such thing as sin. It's just me. And do what I want. You know another ism? Hedonism. Do you know hedonism? It's just the utter utter uh, uh, gratification of the flesh in whatever form. Materialism. You know? Uh, Eat, drink, and die and that's the end of it. There's not no afterlife. There's, There's nothing. Nothing. You know? just, Just 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 play hard and 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 do whatever your flesh your body tells you to do, your mind wants to thing, and just just whatever because there's nothing out there once you subscribe to this kind of thing, you turn into a beast you 're an animal, and a lot of young people are believing in these gods, these gods. I tell you, these gods are worse than those. Buddha, physical idols. Let me tell you, those Buddha are easy to cast out. You know the demons are easy to cast out. This kind of intellectual demons hard to cast out because it lodged in your mentality. It makes your mind dark. The darkness of the mind. The vanity of the mind. The it the they. they, they there is a God, and everything proves there's a God, they actually have to consciously throw out or cast away their knowledge of God. That's Romans 1. And because of their denial of God, starting there, atheism starting there, all manners of evil things rush in in Romans 1. A sister asked about homosexuality. That was addressed in Romans chapter 1. Strongly by the Apostle Paul. Don't think it's a recent day thing. That was prevailing in the Roman Empire. And it starts out, it doesn't start even with the the lust of the body. Of course it, it does. It starts with the mind. I, I now now I'm going, okay. <laughs> maybe maybe tonight I will speak about all about this. And we'll push tonight's message till tomorrow morning. I tell you, I have a burden about your mind. Yes. It all starts in the mind. That's where it starts. Once your mind believes something, I tell you, you're controlled. You just operate according to what your mind believes in. So, this is why the gospel is repent. Amen. You know what is Repent, change your mind. Amen. Change your mind have a thorough change, have a total turn from believing in all this kind of isms, all this kind of darkness, all this kind of godlessness, which America is slow, more and more becoming, and places like Europe has very much become that way. The more intellectual you are, the more you tend to be that way. You know, this Christopher Hutchins, Hitchens, you know, that, that Ron talked about? He wrote a book, God is Not Great, you know, a play, a play, you know, you know on, 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 on the Muslim. God is great. And he had, he had this thing called, God is Not Great. He was ridiculing, you know. Uh, uh, I recently read another article he wrote, some kind of op-ed article he wrote to to, to, to make fun of someone who wrote about him. A Christian who wrote about him. I, I read it. I said. I never knew the mind can be so dark. I mean. He was blaspheming. I mean. if he, there's, If there is a God. This guy is. <laughs> in trouble. You know what I mean. If there is a God. This guy is in trouble. He spoke like. There is no such thing as God. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I can think whatever I want. There's no God. That, that's what he believes. If there's a God, that's me. I'm my own God. I tell me what to do. Oh, I tell you, all the th- terrible things in this world come, starts from this one point that we don't hold God in our knowledge. That's why here in the church life, in the Lord's recovery, we talk about nothing but God. Yeah. <laughs> God this and God that. Amen. Even as Dick Taylor said, God mourning. Everything is God. Amen. I tell you, with God, all kinds of good things come. Amen. There's morality, even the highest standard of morality. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, we believe the Bible. Right? So many things. So many good things. Okay. All right. Let me come back. Now, you are thrust into your campuses, into your situation. That is your Jerusalem. I'd like to challenge all of you this year, this coming school year. You've got to go back, and I really don't care if your, if your junior college has it's the size of a high school, or you're in a 40,000 strong university. I don't care. It's the same. It's the same. <coughs> that I challenge you. You will <coughs> go back and start to pray for your friends. I said your friends. Amen. Your schoolmates. Who are the people you should be burdened for? Yes. Firstly, not the strangers. Firstly, those the Lord puts you with. Amen. They are the ones you're responsible for. One day the Lord will check with you first about them, not about some guy out there on the walkway. Uh, That doesn't mean we shouldn't preach to them. Don't take me wrong. But you are firstly responsible for those the Lord put around you sovereignly. Now, let me tell you a few things. Number one, don't hide your Christian identity. That is the first, first point, first cardinal point. Don't hide your identity as a believer. Don't do that. The more you do that, the more you're compromising your testimony. And in fact, the more you will lose your testimony to your friend. Now, he may say, oh, you're a Christian. You know, roll their eyes. That's not bad. But if they found out that you're really a Christian, but a closet one. They lose respect for you. Am I right? Yeah. Come out, as they say. In a, in a positive sense. You, you understand what I'm saying? I would say from day one, you should. I don't mean you stand on the soapbox, you know, after your professor leaves. I'm a Christian, you know. I, I don't mean. You, don't, you know what I mean. You have friends, your people you contact, people you, you, you go, uh, you know, study or whatever. And, and they, they, you get to know them, they get to know. I tell you, as soon as possible. Of course, you need wisdom. You know, in the Bible, concerning the gospel, Paul asked the believers to pray for a few things. Number one, boldness. Okay, number one, boldness. Number two, he asked them to pray for wisdom. We need wisdom to balance boldness. You need to be bold, but you also need to be wise, okay? So you don't turn everywhere, you just step on toes and turn people off. But, having said that, somewhere, soon, and the sooner the better, you have to let them know who you really are. Otherwise, you are faking, aren't you? You are putting on a mask. You are not being truthful. And how can someone have trust in you if you're not truthful about your faith? And there's also the word of the Lord. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before the angels. If you don't confess me before men, I will not confess you. That's a serious thing. That is a very serious thing. Brothers and sisters, confess the Lord before men. If people ask you, are Christian? I am. I am a believer. Even at the right point, even they don't ask. With the Lord's wisdom, you have to share your testimony. You have to tell them who you are. They say, oh, I will lose this person as a friend. Do you know we shouldn't have friends in the world? Do you know that? The Bible says, the, those who are a friend of the world is an enemy of God. James. James, we strictly speaking should not have friends. Understand me. What I mean is to be friends with people in the world as one of them. That's what I mean. Now, we do have friends, classmates, you know what I mean? We should not be this strange person. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, that's not what I'm saying. But you, your, your friendship has a purpose. Your friendship is to win them for Christ. Amen. Is to give them the best thing in this universe. Amen. Is to give them what, the blessing that you have received. And that is the Lord. That is the purpose of your friendship. Otherwise, you should not just have social friends for its own sake. Even people, the the professor put you in teams. I thought that is sovereign of the Lord. You're with those few girls in your team. You should start praying for them one by one. So this year, I challenge you, the first thing every one of you go back, Lord, this academic year of 2009 to 2010, Lord, give me what? You fill in the blanks. Fruit. But I would say at least that blank should be one and not zero. Because zero, you don't even need to pray. You'll be automatically zero. You have to pray for at least one fruit. One fruit this year. And that is not too much. In fact, if there's more, that's normal. I believe so. The more people you save, the better. But here, the emphasis is not just getting people saved. The emphasis here is to bear fruit. Bear fruit. So now, the first point I already, I already said, don't hide your identity. Don't live a double life. I tell you, when you have a double life, and your friends try to get you to do things that are not good, what are you going to say? A double life is risky business. And we have seen some brothers and sisters live a double life. That is very, very risky. Don't, don't. Be true to your faith. Be true to your faith. Amen? You say, I'm going to lose my faith. Yes, you will. But this faith has prevented many from entering into the kingdom. Yeah, this face. This face. Lose your face. That means lose your soul. And what? And gain Christ. Gain the kingdom. Yeah, it's hard. Even I don't like to lose my face. I, I have to tell you the truth. But when you lose it, your spirit gets happy. Your spirit gets happy. The Lord says, "Blessed are you if you are what persecuted right? When people speak evil of you, you're blessed when people all say, "Oh yeah, hey, this is a great guy. <laughs> oh, he's a good guy. They don't even know you're a Christian. Inside your spirit is not happy. No, you cannot be happy because you're, you're, you're wearing a mask, okay. You say, oh, if I tell people I'm Christian, I will lose my job. Well, sometimes that happens. You know, in China, they profess to be Christ. Some got disowned by their parents. Oh, you say, oh, oh, let me tell you, eventually, Jesus is Lord. I tell you, it's not that moment. Five years down the line, ten years from the, down the line, one day, that persons will come in, come to you and say, I remember you're a Christian, can you help me? I said, don't let a moment of embarrassment, of ridicule, take away your reward in the heavens. Confess his name, number one. Number two, pray. Pray deliberately, specially, particularly, specifically for fruit, for your own fruit. And pray not for the world. Pray for your campus. Pray for your class, your classes. Pray for your roommates. I did. You know, I gave my story here once. My roommate in college, I got him saved eventually after one year. We were in the, in the same room together. And I pray, I pray, I pray. Eventually, he got saved. And how can I face the Lord having an unbelieving roommate for one year and still not get saved? I can say, see you later, Dennis. Do you think I can go and see the Lord? I can. You can, brothers and sisters. I want to put faith in you. In fact, I want to pump faith in you. Amen. Believe. When you pray, believe. Amen. So, okay, firstly, pray. Pray specifically with names. Put a few names on your little book, on a little list. Carry that card with you. These are dear people. These are your friends. These are your classmates. Pray for them. Pray for them. And don't just pray for Christians. Pray for unbelievers. Sometimes we think Christians are easier. Let me tell you, unbelievers are actually easier. Once you get them saved, you can do whatever you want. Christians... They all, many have strings attached. You know, I, I want to really say this. That doesn't mean we don't, you know, shepherd seeking Christians. But don't avoid unbelievers. They are best. They are juicy. <laughs> they are tasty. They they they, they are a, they are a a pleasure. I I really mean it. Save some people. You know, I, I hear some of you say. Oh, I didn't get anyone saved, uh, but I got saved. That's step one. Step two, get somebody saved. <laughs> you, you'll be jumping up there. Already you're jumping here because you got saved. But when you get somebody saved right in front of your eyes, you're going to jump through the roof. That joy of saving someone in front of you through your preaching, it is an unforgettable thing. Unforgettable. I, I cannot forget my experiences of getting people saved. Like this, this, my roommate Dennis, up in University of Oregon. I pray and pray, and that night I knew the time has come, because the pressure is so great in me. The Lord is saying, tonight, if you don't speak it, it this is not going to happen again. So my blood pressure went up. My heart started beating like this. He came back. He, he's a marathon runner, you know, like everyone in Oregon are. <laughs> Came back from his run, shower, and start to study. And I was just just pulling my hair off. What should I do? What should I say? But I've been praying. And I start just, I I don't even remember what I said. I just start speaking, speaking. Half an hour later, he and me are on our knees on my bed. On On the knees. On the knees on my bed, receiving the Lord. Because I have no church life at that time. I didn't bring him into the church life. But that's another story. (coughs) Whoa, I tell you, after I have that experience, I said, I can do it. I can wait for the next one. I I, I tasted this. I tasted, tasted the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tasted someone's eternal faith being altered, changed in a few seconds. You know what I mean? My, the joy, the joy. It says, it says when someone gets saved, the angels are what? Leaping for joy. The angels are leaping for joy. You may not be leaping, but the angels are jumping up and down when someone got saved. Dear brothers and sisters, you have to have this experience. So, the second thing is to pray specifically. Don't give up. You just keep praying. Keep praying. The Lord will tell you the right time. The Lord will raise up the circumstances for you to speak to them. Okay? So, the third thing is what? Testify to them. Testify to them with wisdom and with grace. The best thing is not to give them a lot of doctrine. The best thing is to give them your testimony. Followed by something simple of the Lord. You don't need to be terribly, you know, well-versed and full of, you know, ten Roman numerals. You don't need that. In fact, if you do that, people will just glaze over. Too much. Too much. When the time comes, I tell you, you don't need that much. They just need to get saved. They just need to what? Romans 10, right? 10 through 13. Whoever will, the Lord is rich to all who call upon him. If you just call right now, you know, that's when the rubber meets the road. And that's when, you know, you want to back out. I know. Maybe I'm too much. I'm putting too much pressure on. A lot of, time, a lot of us back off. Back off. You have to learn. Not to back off, but push harder. You say, oh, oh, we are putting pressure on people. You know, this is divine pressure. Without pressure, you didn't get saved. Remember, right? No one drifts into the kingdom of God. We all got pressed into it. My, you know, when I hear the gospel from the pulpit, if you don't get saved, you're going to burn in the lake of fire. That's a lot of pressure, you know. That's a lot of pressure, but that's also the truth. That truth, uh at the time, I just fight it, I resist it. When I go home at night, I'm going to burn in the lake of fire. I'm going to burn in the lake of fire. I may not get saved then, but I got saved that night. Brothers and sisters, you need to be faithful to testify. Don't wait for some big brother, some big sister. You are the best preacher to your friend. Sometimes they don't believe one time you have to spend two times, three times, right, to get them saved. Meanwhile, you keep praying. You keep praying, right? Then, of course, there are a lot of things after you get saved, you have to shepherd them, uh, uh, help them to to know the Spirit, to call on the Lord, to get baptized, even to come to the home meeting. So many things that you covered this, this week. But I just wanted to say those things because it's past 545 already. Okay? That's my challenge. Every year I have a challenge. This is my year's challenge. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm not going to tell you what blank you're going to fill in. You fill in before the Lord. Amen. Lord, this year. This year. Lord, this new class. These new classes. Lord, I must save someone. I must bear something as fruit to your glory. And for the Father's joy. And, and, and you must believe. These things you must believe. The Lord will do this. Nothing, nothing is greater than this, as far as your service is concerned in your college years, than the matter of the gospel. Okay? All right. I think I'm I'm over time. I'll just stop here.